Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of This is Adulting Podcast. I am Maddie Jelikuski, your hostess with the mostest through all of my adulting trials, tribulations, struggles, celebrations, all of the above. I'm so glad you decided to come back for another episode. If you are returning and if you are new, welcome to my little corner of the internet. I have a really fun episode planned. Well, I guess fun is in the perspective at which you look at it, because is this really a fun topic? No, it's kind of a scary one, I think, for a lot of people, um, myself included. But I think when I hear things that are similar to this in thought, I feel so much relief from it. So I think it's going to be a fun episode. So I'm excited for it. It is currently November 1st as I am recording, so I am posting the same day as I record this time around, and November 1st, you know what that means, Halloween is over, we are now into the Christmas spirit. Yell at me all you want, but I am here for it. Today at the gym, I listened exclusively to Christmas music, and it was just so dang good for my soul. I loved it. And as I'm recording, I'm actually burning a candle, going back to my OG roots of recording pods, and I am burning Tis the Season from Bath & Body Works, which just A+. And tonight's drink of choice, because we're back on the wine grind this week. (laughs) Wine grind. I think that that, like, if I had merch, wine grind might be, might be on there. Um, I'm drinking... Yell at me all you want, but barefoot Pinot Noir. And um, I'm actually, it took me a really long time to get into red wine. I remember my freshman year of college, I would drink red wine with friends and I'd be like, wow, this is really good. But I secretly hated it. And I think all of my friends also secretly hated it. Um, and I just never really got into it in college. My one roommate was super into red wine. And so she kind of opened up the palate And then I briefly saw this guy, like super briefly, who was a wine connoisseur, and he got me into Syrah, or Syrah, I think it's pronounced Syrah, the S-H-I-R-A-Z one. That one's really good, but it wasn't until this cruise that I went on back in May where I had an all-inclusive drink package, because obviously if every drink's included, you better try everything, you know? Like, you're not spending... $8 or $10 specifically on that one drink. So I just tried a bunch of different kinds of wines, a bunch of different kinds of reds, and realized I really like Pinot Noir. Now with that said, I have had this because I get the little miniature bottles of Barefoot. Because if you listened last week, I don't drink enough wine to like finish a bottle in an appropriate amount of time. Although... Last week, if I had opened a new bottle, I could have finished it tonight. But see, that's already sitting a week. Like, I don't, I don't think that that's good. <laughs> um, but anyway, so these are like the little miniature. How many ounces is it? I don't even know if it says. Like, I was going to say two, but that's definitely not it. I don't even know. But you know what I'm talking about. They're like the smaller. It says 187 milliliters. I'm like, how is that in ounces, you know? Anyway... They're like the smaller bottles, and I've had this one. It's the last one of my pack for a while, and I've just been putting off drinking it because I just don't like it. But um, I figured to record it's Friday night. I'm actually off on Fridays currently, which, bless up, that is like the best thing about what I do right now is that 
while there's a lot of things that feel really outside of my control, I can sort of push things onto certain days, you know, like an audition. I can't control that. Or if uh, one of the places I teach at wants me to teach a certain day, like I can't control that either. But my own personal lessons I can control, you know, I teach a lot of privates these days. So I can control what, you know, within reason what days I do those. I can control what days I take other appointments. I can control what days I spend time working, like, you know, just kind of desk admin work. And currently I've allotted myself to be off on Fridays and most Sundays. And it's been so nice. I love being off on Friday because during the day there's like no one around because most people have work. So I'm able to do all of those mundane tasks or just kind of self-care without the guilt of not being with people. Because I get that. I get, it's not FOMO. It's like, I don't even know. It's like, I feel guilty that I should be with friends. I don't know what that's called. Um, I'm sure there's a name for it somewhere. But I get like that on like a Saturday or Sunday if I'm, you know, cleaning up or going to the gym in the middle of the day and just living my, you know, my life by myself, I feel guilty that I should be with other people, which I'm extroverted. So I love being with other people, which is why it's great to be off on Friday because Friday evening, late afternoon, people start becoming uh, available and they want to go out. Granted, I work on Saturday, but it's worth it. It's only one day. Like I work Saturday and then I'm usually off Sunday. So, you know, we can make do. So it's the perfect situation because I get my me time, my personal space, my life together. Like, don't text me to hang out on Friday. That's my time. <laughs> but then Friday at like three o'clock, sure, hit me up. Although it's going to be changing soon because I'm going back to a job I really love and I'm super excited about it. I don't really talk too much about my freelancing life on here. Um, obviously, if you've listened for any extended period of time, you know that I went to college at Temple in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Rep, T for Tumpio. <laughs> And since graduating, I have worked at a lot of different regional theaters in the greater Philadelphia area, and I basically teach a bunch of different kinds of classes. Um, there's some situations where, like, currently one of the theaters or art centers in this scenario that I'm partnered with, I go into the school during the school day, and I am their music teacher now of their school. So I do that. Um, and one of my theaters I work for, I work for currently four, three, no, four. I work for four currently. Um, and then I also teach privately on the side, like I was saying. And then I also audition myself and pursue my own projects, you know, with other different theater companies and whatnot. Taxes in my world are a nightmare, <laughs> as you can imagine. So my one theater I work for, they have really cool programming where we just run a bunch of like after school programming. And so I am essentially like the drama teacher, or drama? <laughs> the drama teacher after school at a couple of schools in the area. And I'm going back to the schools I was at last year. And one of them is picking up on Fridays soon. And I'm really excited about it. Um, but anyway, let me open up my wine. It's been a while. Some ASMR. Ooh, why is this impossible? I'm also wearing a brand new bright white shirt. Which is not, I should really change, but ah, it's a screw off, so it's not as satisfying as last week's. Oh, it's just like, <laughs> it's just the aftertaste is oof. Yeah, 
it's a cheap red, you know? <laughs> the first taste of it, like the first, I don't know what they call that. Somebody who's a wine expert hit me up, but the first hit of it is nice. It just gets gross by the end. Yikes. Um, so yeah, that's what my life has been like. Um, I'm heading into tech for a show I've been working on with two of my uh, dear friends. I love them both. It's been a dream to work with them, and the cast is great. So I'm excited to hit performances. I feel ready with this group to do that. And it's just always fun, you know, to just celebrate your hard work. And then I jump into two more shows, which is crazy, you know, living the dream. And then, you know, I keep my own life busy as it is. You know, I'm working out a lot and I... Still going to PT, still going strong. <laughs> that I probably like once I feel completed with my injury, I would really love to record a podcast about it because it's just been a lot of emotional turmoil that I think would be interesting to talk about and document. But if you have any specific things you want to hear about in terms of like my knee, I don't know if that's weird. <laughs> um, hit me up. I'm just curious if that's something you'd like to hear about because. It's been a challenge and something that I've learned a lot about myself and learning how to value myself and, you know, speak up when I need to and learning how to push myself. Like, I've grown up a lot because of this knee injury in a really good way, not in a, um, you know, when people say, like, oh, they grew up too quickly. It's not that. It's not like I've become jaded. I just have really become very adult because of what I've been dealing with. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's been my life right now, but that is nothing to do with tonight's episode of theme. Um, I just uh, saw I have a pumpkin on my desk, and because I know I'm still I'm I'm conflicted. This is a generic question. Now that it's November first, and I'm the biggest Christmas fan ever, like love Christmas, but I still want to keep some of my fall stuff out. So, do you decorate on top of your fall things and slowly wean them out? You know, like during November, because it's still fall, but it's also, you know, starting to be Christmas. So can I keep both things up? Is that weird? Hit me up. I don't know. Anyway, tonight's episode topic. <laughs> How many minutes later into this pod do I finally get back on track? So I, um, I want to talk about the word dreams tonight, which when you hear that, you're probably like, oh, dear God, <laughs> what is she talking about? Um... Because I've realized that dreams are really challenging things. And I'm not talking about dreams like when you go to sleep and when you dream at night. That's a whole other, it's a whole other situation. Um, I'm talking more of like when you want something, like a dream of yours to have or life goals or things along those uh, lines. And it's funny because I, for the longest time, Let's start at the very beginning. Let me get some wine. All right. Starting from the very beginning. I remember being really, really young and always loving music and dancing and performing, but particularly music and dancing. Um, my mom, <laughs> she is very much a supporter of the arts. She herself didn't participate too much growing up or anything. She played guitar very briefly and supported it like through college and stuff. And both of my parents worked in Manhattan, like in New York City. So they um, obviously like went to see Broadway shows and all that. They're from North Jersey. 
So my mom, when I was born, she obviously put me in dance and she has videos of me on our front lawn in an entire Snow White costume because I used to do costume changes. I used to be very intense and I would get all dressed up and I'd go outside and I would sing for the entire neighborhood and dance around. I remember I, this is so embarrassing. I had a band. (laughs) I had a band when I was like, oh God, third grade, maybe second or third grade. I was really young. Um, maybe I was a little older. I don't remember, but I was under the age of 10 and I had this band. Um, my neighborhood, there's a lot of kids who are my sister and I's age or right around. My sister and I are three years apart. And there's one, two, three, four. Yeah, there's four other, at the time at least, one of them has moved out since. But there are four other sets of daughters who are two to three years apart in our neighborhood. Um, among, like, a lot of other families with siblings right at our age, too. Like, when we were kids, my sister and I were talking about this yesterday on Halloween. Like, Halloween was lit in my neighborhood. People would sit outside and play music because there were so many kids. I always used to remember um, my town and my school district is really interesting because we have six, I think it is, six elementary schools that then all feed into one upper elementary school, which then goes to the same middle school and then to the same high school. So when you first went to our upper elementary school, which is fifth and sixth grade, when you went to that school, um, you were obviously meeting what's, you know, 80% of your class is new to you, essentially. And so at that time, I remember I would like tell all my new friends, oh yeah, so-and-so lives in my neighborhood, so-and-so lives in my neighborhood. And everyone was like, really? Your neighborhood has that many kids? I was like, yeah, we have a lot of kids. It was built when I was three. So a lot of kids or families with kids my age moved in. And um, one family in particular, we were close with like all of those girls who were right around our age, but one family in particular, we hung out with quite a bit. Um... And their two daughters were also very big into dance. And um, they were into, like, singing, too. But I was definitely more of, like, the music person. They were definitely more of the dance people. Um, And so we created a band. And I think my sister was the manager because she didn't want to do it. (laughs) Um, And I think our other two friends who she was, like, my – whenever I think of my childhood best friends, I think of my best friend Claire, who I think I've talked about on the podcast – Um, her and I have been friends since I think I was eight months old when we met and she was three months old, something like that. And we have been best friends since it's a very strange, very coincidental, freaky kind of thing. Um, she feels more like a sister than a friend. Um, but beyond Claire, if you were to ask me who my childhood best friend was, I would say this person. And she, I think was also our manager, but anyway, We had a band, and we called it Girl Talk, (laughs) and I remember we were trying to, like, have concerts. We had no songs. No songs. We didn't even, like, rehearse or anything. Like, there was no real content, Um, but we were, yep, we were planning concerts, and we were making seating charts (laughs) and tickets. Um, We had a logo. I remember I was taking piano at the time because I started piano when I was really young, And I would be bringing music, or not music, but lyrics to my piano teacher that me and my friends had written for our band, and she would try to help me write it. (laughs) Oh, boy. 
Um, but yeah, I've always been into music and singing and dance, especially when I was really little. And I continued to dance all throughout high school, even college. And then when I was in fifth grade, I started doing plays. And so then I got really into acting because I was like, this is really cool. And so that carried me through middle school or upper elementary school, really. Upper elementary, middle, and high school. And it just kind of grew in intensity. I grew more serious about it. I started taking the voice lessons, continued with the piano. Um, My dance classes increased. I was doing more shows. I was starting to do acting classes and musical theater classes. So I was truly the definition of a musical theater kid, for sure. I dreamed of being in Wicked. Wicked was my, I would say it's probably my first favorite show. Um, Hairspray was also really big for me. Legally Blonde, loved. I thought they were so cool. Um, I remember there was a girl who was a year older than me who was also very into musical theater. And she was sort of like my mentor role, whether she knew it or not. It's funny because I see her on auditions now. And one of these days I should tell her. But she um, would like show me new songs, new music. And all my friends were into musicals too. And so it just, I remember, I think I've talked about this on the pod before too. But I remember I was probably 13. And I've also always been very academically driven and always been very successful in school as well. Like I always got really good grades, and I really worked hard for my grades as well. And so I remember I was probably 13. I was in the car with my mom, and I said to her that I wanted to be on Broadway, that that was my dream. And my mom, I remember, was just kind of laughed about it and was like, oh, Matt, it's really hard. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be on Broadway. And it's funny to say like that that was the specific moment in time when I knew Because I always knew that I wanted to do this. But I think that that moment was, like, really indicative of how much I wanted it. And from that moment on, I worked my ass off. I had all the voice lessons, went to college, really worked hard in college. I remember I had the mentality my senior year of I'm paying so much for these classes. And classes when I graduate just aren't going to be the same, you know? That's the interesting thing about the performing arts is that you're constantly learning and evolving and you always have to be in class. And I knew that classes just weren't going to be the same. So I was very tough on myself with skipping class, especially senior year. I was like, I'm not, unless it's for a major audition or I'm very sick, I am going to go to class and, you know, really absorb all this information because it was my dream. It was what I wanted. And it's funny because... You know, since graduating, and I know I'm not alone on this, and this is not an opportunity for, you know, any sort of empathy. Well, yes, empathy. Please give me empathy. (laughs) But no sort of pity, I guess, really. It's not been sunshines, lollipops, and rainbows, you know. It just hasn't been, if I'm being completely frank. But I'm also, it hasn't been shit, you know. It hasn't been, I've had shitty moments, but I've also had moments that have felt like sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows you know? Um, and I've realized that I do this thing whenever I go somewhere and people say like, oh, hey, how are you? I always use the phrase, and I think it's really funny, but maybe it's just me, um, that I'm living the dream. That, that's how I'm doing. Um, which I think is true because if I think back to what I wanted in high school when I was 17 years old, taking classes, working hard, I wanted to be just like those who were teaching me. 
I wanted to be able to teach classes and be auditioning and try to get in shows and be working out and going taking voice lessons and acting classes. That was my dream. I wanted that. I wanted the days when I wasn't going to be in you know normal academic school anymore. I wanted the freedom to do what I wanted. I wanted the freedom to be a young adult. And by that logic, I'm doing exactly what I wanted, which is really cool. You know, there's a lot of things in life that we want and we just don't get. So I think to be able to pause and say, wow, I'm doing exactly what I wanted is really neat. So by some logic, I am living the dream. This was my dream. But I think that when we set dreams, or not even set, but when we acknowledge a dream or fully realize it, we forget the bad side of it. You know, it's, it's the same of that phrase like hindsight's twenty twenty. If you look back on something, you're going to see, you know, maybe I should have done this, maybe I should have done that. And you're also going to see the moments when you had on rose-colored glasses. And you're going to be like, wow, that thing wasn't as great as I thought it once was. Or on the flip side of that, sometimes we experience things in life and we look back on them and we forget about the struggles that took us to get there. And we downplay them and minimize them. Because obviously the struggles I had at 17 are vastly different than the struggles I have at 23. I look back on 17-year-old me and I'm like, wow, she did not know stress. But 17-year-old me was stressed. And I can't minimize what I felt then because now that sort of stress is not even a stressor to me anymore. And that's just part of growing up and evolving and experiencing things. But I think that when we set these dreams, we don't take into consideration the full scope of it sometimes. And, you know, when I was 17 looking at these people I wanted to be just like, and I still love and I still think that what they were doing was so freaking cool, I didn't see them go home and have to eat ramen for dinner. I didn't see them not have time to be dating unless it was somebody they had started dating years ago. I didn't see the sacrifices they were making for what they were doing. I didn't see the stress of having to teach so much and the stress on your body of having to teach so much. I didn't see the stress of going to sitting in an audition. I didn't see the idea of like in the theater world and just acting world in general, there are these really big auditions and a lot of people call them quote unquote cattle calls. And at that time I was like, yes, that makes sense. Obviously there are a lot of people who want to be on Broadway And I knew the idea of a cattle call, but now that I'm going to them, I'm like, shit, this is a lot, you know? And obviously, how would I have known that then? But it's, it's crazy because when I think about what my dreams are now, and it's kind of sad to admit it, I don't know if that's on the list. I don't know if... The things I dreamt about having when I was 10 years old, I don't know if they're the same. And I think it really hit me because luckily I'm great at documenting things. Um, If you need somebody to take pictures or keep lists of things, I'm your gal. I, um, I think I was a senior in high school and I thought it'd be really cute to get this journal and journal throughout my entire year because I knew senior year was going to be a big big year. You know, it's a big sentimental year. I knew I was auditioning colleges. Like I knew there would be stress. 
And I figured to look back on it once I knew what was happening and, you know, the outcome of that year, I thought would be really neat, Um, which it is. And it would have been that much neater if I continued to write on it, but I I stopped mid-October. I don't even know if it was mid-October. Maybe it was beginning of October. It was very short-lived. But one of the very first pages I had in this journal was a list of life goals, which I think is a really cool thing to do every once in a while to write out your current life goals and to just sort of track and compare throughout the years or months, however long you wait to do them, just to see how you've changed and what things you might want different. And I look at that list of goals or dreams, really, it's just another word for them, because how can you really achieve those goals to an extent? Um, When I look at them, a lot of them have career-minded points. You know what I mean? Like there, there are a lot of them are career aspirations or professional aspirations. And I, I definitely did have a blend. You know, I had other things besides just my career. And I always said to people that I was dating my career, which was true. I really, that's something that I don't live with regret. Truthfully, there's very few things I regret. Um, cause I think everything that I do leads me and I am a firm believer in that. But if anything, one thing I wish I could edit, well, I not I don't even know if I would. Now I'm thinking about it out loud. I don't know if I would change it, but I do wish sometimes that. I wonder what would have happened if I had prioritized social things or dating even in college when I was prioritizing my career. Because it just wasn't always a priority of mine. But then I think about it and I'm like, if I didn't prioritize my career... I don't know why I can't say that word. Prioritize. (laughs) Sorry, wine break. If I, oh, the aftertaste is still getting me. (laughs) If I didn't prioritize my career then, I have no idea what my career would be now. So, you know, everything happens for a reason, case in point. But it was just definitely, that list was definitely more career-minded. And now I was doing laundry the other day and just kind of cleaning up in my room And I don't know why I had the thought, but I was like, wow, a lot of my goals or life dreams have nothing to do with my career anymore. Like the ones I can think of off the top of my head, I could easily accomplish with almost any career and has no sort of lens on it through the eye of a career. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and I just see things differently or I'm realizing things about myself or if it's because I'm living this quote unquote dream I had and it just doesn't feel like a dream anymore. And it at first, because this has been something I've been coping with truthfully last at least 10 months. Well, now 11 since 2019 started truthfully because it's sad, you know, it's sad to, I'm going to put it very bluntly, but sad to let down that 13-year-old girl who looked at her mom and was like, I'm going to be on Broadway. It's sad to let her down because she wanted it so badly. And I almost feel that like after everything I've done, that I'm almost doing a disservice to it, that I deserve after How many years of making these sacrifices, I deserve it to, I not deserve it to myself. I owe it to myself to to still want it. 
you know, to say it was all worth it. And sometimes I, I don't, I don't know how to cope with it, if I'm being completely honest, because it's sad. It at flat out is just sad. But recently, <clears throat> I realized that, oof, sorry, my voice is like, a mess. I accidentally <laughs> swallowed a chip funny earlier. I had a tortilla chip and it scratched my throat. And it's just a sign for more wine. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> I realized that it's okay that dreams change. It's okay. And I don't know why that either wasn't told to me until recently or why we don't encourage that with people as they're choosing what they want to do because how do you know I always was in wonder of people who didn't know what they wanted to do when I was in high school because I was just so the opposite of it I knew what I wanted I knew that I wanted to be on stage I knew that I wanted to be on Broadway I knew that I wanted to be in movies I knew I wanted to be teaching to some level I knew I did not want to be a teacher (laughs) but I knew that I wanted to you know live that life So for kids who were like, shit, I don't know what to apply for, like what major to put on my application, that world was so unknown to me. I was so enamored by it. It's like, how do you not know? Um, And so that's a different thing of not knowing what you want to do. But I think that you really don't know what you want until you live life outside of being in school. Call me crazy for thinking that. But all you know is what you're exposed to. And unless, you know, you go to a non-traditional high school or have some sort of non-traditional setup, or if you're interning a lot in college or working a lot or going part-time or you take time off or you don't go to college, it's all you're doing is the same thing for how many years? And of course, when you go to college, you start, you know, gradually introducing more adulting things. Like, sure, you might have rent. Sure, you might have a serious boyfriend or, you know, what have you, but that those are just small little adulting things that aren't, it's not it. You're not living the life of an adult yet, you know, which is funny because I really felt like I was (laughs) and I realized I was not, you know, I was an adult in my thoughts, but I was not, I'm not doing what I'm doing now, you know? And it's, it's okay that I didn't know what I'd want now then, because how would I have? Even if I told myself, Hey, you're going to feel like this. I don't, one, know if I would have believed you, (laughs) or two, I just don't think that I would be able to really internalize it and to understand. And so there are days, like the other day, I was talking to my friend, and she said that she had submitted for this thing, and so it got me going back on Playbill, which is where a bunch of theater jobs are posted and auditions and stuff. So I went on Playbill and found a bunch of things I want to submit for, which is just sending in your materials and sometimes a video. And a lot of them were looking for a video. And so I have videos from last year, but I personally think my voice <clears throat> doesn't sound like it now. <laughs> I think my voice has changed so much, especially since graduating. But even in the past five, six months, I think my voice has changed a lot. So I wanted to do more videos. So I texted my voice teacher, who is one of my dear, dear friends. And I was like, hey, I think I'm kind of back in the audition game. Let me send out some videos. Could you help me record? So I went over to his house and I filmed video auditions. And even watching it, and even as I was doing it, I loved it. Like I loved singing. 
but you can see it in my eyes in the video. And I never send it out because I just, it, it wasn't what I would like to show <laughs> or share really. But you see in my eyes that like, I just don't, I don't have it right now. And that's not to say that I might not have it down the line, but my heart just isn't in it right now. And I saw this video and it happened on Wednesday. I recorded with him and I saw it on, on literally right after I left. And I was like, yeah, this is a sign. I don't know what about it, but I was looking at it. I was looking at this girl who was stressed about what to sing to the point where I didn't even prep too much ahead of time, which is very unlike me. I kind of just threw something on. Also unlike me, usually I prep a lot. I didn't blow dry my hair. Usually that's something I do. And I just see a girl who just doesn't, that's just not it right now. I see a girl who loves to sing. I see that. I see a girl who loves this music and still connects to it. And I see a girl who once loved to act, but I don't see the musical theater girl anymore. It's just not, it's not as deep. And for some reason, I think as corny as it is to like see myself doing it, I needed to see it to be like, okay, you can let go. You can move on for right now. And it's, like I said, it's sad because... You know, not to toot my own horn, but I think I sound really, really good in the video. And I know that if 18-year-old me saw this video, or not saw it, but heard it, oh my god, she'd love it. She'd be like, shit, you sound so good. She would lose her mind that one day she would sound like this. But it's just not what I want. There's too many other things that I want that this does not give me. And I realized the other day, a while ago, really, it was, it was probably a week and a half ago, two weeks, when I said that I'm living the dream to somebody at work. And we kind of chuckled about it. And I was like, oof, sometimes it doesn't feel like a dream, though. And she goes, well, it's okay. Sometimes dreams turn to nightmares. And I was like, whoa, that's profound as shit. You know, like, I wouldn't say I'm living a nightmare. Like, that's very aggressive. I'm very happy these days. Very happy camper. Um, but I know that this is temporary, you know, and I think that that's why it's okay. It's because I know I'm going to, you know, start pursuing something different. But she's right. It's okay that sometimes dreams morph and change. That's why we grow up. That's beautiful in a lot of ways. When you think about it, I was thinking about how <laughs> when you're young and you start looking at boys or girls or whoever you're interested in, um, like middle school girls looking at boys, like they want the most attractive, cute, good smile, big eyes, you know, tall, dark, handsome, whatever. They want a particular look. And even through high school, you want a hot boyfriend. But then it starts to shift. I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but people start dating people who they aren't only attracted to. Like, you need to be physically attracted to them, of course. But they start dating people who fulfill other things for them. You know, who make them feel really good. Who are funny, who are warm, who are charismatic, who are compassionate. 
empathetic, logical, maybe if that's your thing, committed, you know, independent, dependent, whatever your cup of tea is, we start looking for all of these soft characteristics in humans that we once, when we were 13, didn't care about. You know, the dream was to have Zac Efron, which, listen, Zac Efron, if you're listening, I'm single, hit me up. I think I'm a catch. (laughs) Um, But we dream of Zac Efron, you know, and now that I am 23 and a half, it was my half birthday, scary, cheers to that. (laughs) Now that I'm 23 and a half, the kinds of guys I want aren't only the guys who look like Zac Efron. I don't want a Zac Efron if he's not smart or compassionate or funny. God, if he's not funny, we got a problem. <laughs> um, but my dreams of what I want change. But yet I don't put judgment on those. I say, yeah, of course they've changed. You want new things. I don't say, wow, I wish I was 13 and wanted the hot boy again. <laughs> I mean, again, you need to be attractive. Like, that's important. But I, it's not the only thing anymore. But then somehow when our dreams change, and it's not just mine, I've heard of so many friends or people in my life who have had dreams change, somehow there's like this, oh, I'm afraid to let go sort of thing. When in fact, do we ever really let go of a dream or do our dreams just evolve? Like, do we, I don't know if it's getting too heady, but like, are we just given like X amount of space for dreams and, you know, each stage of life, we just fulfill those dreams differently and they just continue to morph and change into something different? Like, was my dream of being on Broadway a dream that I created because I wanted to be loved or because I wanted to be recognized or feel valued? Because that's something that I can feel with a boyfriend or a husband or, you know, a family or even at work. Maybe it was a career thing. Maybe I wanted my career to feel that successful. Or maybe it was a dream of mine because I felt so fulfilled with the arts and I felt so valued in my place. And the arts never have to leave my life. They never have to. They can always be there. You know, I can always sing in my car. (laughs) Or I could always go do my own show. Or I could always record with friends and write songs or make up dances. Or I could always go to an EPA or an open call. I can always audition. I can always do those things. And I wonder sometimes if, as I'm trying to figure out what the hell I want to do with my life... If I'm putting too much pressure on it, you know, like maybe I should just do what makes me excited. It makes me feel happy. It makes me want to go to work. It makes me want to tell my friends about work. You know, that that's what's important. But yet here I am, you know, crying for the past 10 months that I'm not booking things. And well, no shit, you're not booking things mad because you didn't love it. You know, and, I, and it's not me being burnt out at all, I could go to auditions for days. I think auditioning is so fun because usually you see friends you know, people you know, you get dressed up, you feel good about yourself. You go in, you do your own little show. People get to listen to you sing and act and do what makes you feel you. How cool is that? I mean, obviously it's annoying, you know, getting there early or waiting all day or other things that come with it, but it's a really cool fucking thing we get to do. And it's sad that, you know, I feel like I'm comparing myself to those who quit because they couldn't handle the rejection, which is valid. 
but that's not my story, you know, and I need to stop being so self-conscious of my story. Like, I don't know why I think like this. Clearly, I'm a dreamer. (laughs) Um, One of these days, I'll have to tell you a funny story about dreaming in my resume because (laughs) it just really is something, but um, maybe one day when I'm more secure, (laughs) that's when that story will come out. But um, I'm definitely a dreamer for sure. And I'm a daydreamer. And I like to sit around and think about what my life will feel like or how I'll tell people things or I don't know. It's call me weird, call me crazy. I know other people do it, so I don't feel weird sharing it on the internet. (laughs) Um, But because I am actively pursuing these, is it active? I don't know. I guess. Yeah, everything's active if you're putting energy towards it. So because I am actively pursuing these other career aspirations I'm having as of late, I am obviously thinking about the post, which I hate that I'm thinking about this, but we are so structured and groomed these days to update people on social media about our lives. And I realize the older I get, the less I want to do it. Like I remember when I was earlier in college, everyone updated everyone about everything. Posting that they got a call back, posting that they got a show, posting that they moved out, posting that they got a dog, which, you know, moving out, getting a dog, big things, getting a show, sure. But it was post overkill. It was boasting all these updates. And now that I'm older, I'm like, wow, I haven't told anyone that I'm doing this as it's almost done. I realize that I've been music directing this show that I talked about earlier that's opening next week. And I realized three or four days ago that I never posted that I was even doing it. And I was like, that's so different for me and unlike me. So my opinions on posting updates have changed. But still, as I'm pursuing these other things, a lot of my social media following and especially my Facebook friends are people from the arts. And not that they need any sort of explanation, but I almost want to sort of acknowledge, you know, if I, when I end up switching gears a bit, I would love to post. I deserve to post for myself for that. And I daydream about saying, oh, I'm going to go to this grad school program for this, or I got this job and I just daydream over that. But at the same time, like, if, for example, I'm looking to become a physical therapist, which I don't think I've said on here yet. So if I haven't said it, hey, I'm looking at becoming a physical therapist. Um, It's either that or teaching, which I love teaching. Um, Always have. I love kids, but I also really love helping people. And I'm really good at explaining things. I'm patient as all hell. <laughs> um, and this is not for me to cheat my own horn. I just know these things about myself. Like I could tell you things I'm not good at too, but I'm definitely very patient, very understanding, very empathetic, which are all qualities of a good teacher. And so I know I'm good at teaching. So therefore people have told me to teach, but I just don't know if it's for me, you know, to do it full time. So, um, but yeah, those are the two things I'm considering. I haven't said it. So there we go. Um, Like, if I post that I'm starting a PT program, I don't even know. I feel sort of, like, self-conscious of how I'd even say why I'm choosing to leave what I'm doing. You know? And I know that that's so silly, but it's, it's a real thing I have these days of, 
what would I even say? You know, like, is it with a heavy heart? No, I'm excited about this new change. It's just, it's so complex. I don't know why it feels like it has to be, you know, this way. I'm not sure if it's because I was initially pursuing something that felt very passionate and it was something that I was passionate about or what, but it's bizarre, man. Very bizarre. I didn't have a sip of wine. That was more than a sip. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know why. I daydream about that kind of stuff a lot, though. Like, I daydream about, um, like, what people will say and texts I'll get and daydreaming about telling my employers that I'm moving on. And I have no idea when I'm going to do this. You know, I, I always tell the people I'm working with, I'm like, oh, next year, next year, next year. And I don't know if it's out of fear, you know, or if it's, well, next year I still will be doing what I'm doing this year for sure. I don't think, unless I do education and I go to grad school starting the fall. But for like PT, I still have a little bit of time. Like I wouldn't start until July 2020 or 2021 rather. So I definitely have time with that one. Um, but then I think about like saying goodbye to things and it's it makes me so sad. But I know it's not what I want. You know, like I know this is not it. It's just kind of accepting it. And accepting it is, I'm realizing, similarly to my knee, wow, look at this coming full circle. Accepting it is what's made me grow up with it, you know, and say that it's okay. In fact, it's better than okay. That's great that I'm evolving so much and I can check in with myself to say that this isn't it. That's stellar. So yeah, I wanted to share this episode with you guys. Because I think that in this stage of life, of the fall, um, things change. And trees don't question when their leaves fall. You know, they become naked for how long? I saw a really funny meme that it was a bunch of trees and then there was a Douglas fir. And it was the summer in the first picture and they all had on all their leaves. And they were like, all right, guys, let's get naked. And then it was winter. And obviously all the trees lost their leaves. And then one tree looks at Douglas fir and it's like, Doug, what the fuck? Why didn't you like get naked with us? <laughs> I don't know why I found it so funny, but I really was dying at it. Um, but they don't question it when their leaves fall. And they don't question that seasonal vulnerability and letting things go so that new growth can happen in the spring. And maybe I'm just, maybe this is my season of fall. That was really profound. <laughs> and that's just like wrong with me. Maybe it is. Maybe this is my season of fall. Maybe this is the time that I'm going to allow myself to kind of just let my leaves go. Even if I love the color of them. All right. Now the metaphor is getting too deep. So with that, that's what I want to chat about tonight. Um, I encourage you to check in with yourself and say, where am I at? Um, I would love to do an episode kind of talking about strategically how you that what that could look like if that's something you'd be interested in let me know um but with that i'm gonna go finish my wine and unplug for the rest of the night kind of want to go out for halloween i never went out for halloween this year but i don't know who of my friends is around to go out so maybe one of my friends will be getting a text from me soon we'll see and with that i wish you all a very happy evening 
although I'm sure you're not listening to this tonight. So whenever you listen to this, <laughs> I hope you're having a great day. Continue to kick ass. Check in with yourself and acknowledge that it's okay to feel uncomfortable and uh, let some of your leaves fall. All right. With that, I will talk to you all very soon next week. Let me know what you want to hear. Follow me on Instagram at Maddie Jelkuski, M-A-D-I-J-U-L-E-S-K-U-S-K-Y. And I will talk to you all very soon. All right, guys. Bye.